Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word, will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for Black and White Sports. Well... Here we go again. This time, Antonio Brown has really outdone himself on video, nonetheless, once again. Now, we're talking about a guy that was an all-pro wide receiver that really and truly, if he could have held it together for two more seasons, he would have sauntered right into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He would have been looking at something like thirteen to 14,000 yards, 100 touchdowns, and at least one championship. And if he hadn't acted an idiot, he'd have stayed with Tom Brady. He probably won two. That would have got him in. But clearly, there is something mentally deranged and wrong with Antonio Brown. And if he didn't didn't end his NFL career with his last antics, well, this will do it. This will, be, this will put the bowl in it. I'll have to probably do some uh, colorful editing around this. I don't know. Uh, because he decided to pull his junk out over in the uh, U- UAE. And expose himself while he was over there so he could walk Floyd Mayweather Jr. to the ring. Let's look at this. Uh, This is not Pornhub. This is YouTube. So I got to be careful. Now, this woman right here absolutely does not want his advances. He's trying to put a headscarf on her for whatever reason. He then uh, plants her in the pool. Now, look, she's trying to get away. He's trying to get away. Uh, and then gives her the then gives her the penis shot right there, right there. Okay, I mean she's clearly she is clearly not feeling this at all. And I'd love to understand what are these other grown ass dudes doing? What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? I mean, all she can do is laugh awkwardly. Okay. I mean, that's that's being real. I mean, she's got to be... You hear a guy, oh my God, video ends. Right there, because he pulled his his penis out and exposed himself. This was at the Armani Hotel Dubois. Brown, 34, way too close for comfort for a woman who initially laughed off the attention, but quickly swam away to escape the controversial gridiron grate. Eyewitnesses who's... Uh, said Brown, whose previous antics, of course, got him in the hot water in the league, remains an NFL free agent after bizarrely quitting on the Bucks in the middle of a game last season. He had just met the woman, and she was fuming after the encounter. There is the freeze frame of the dick shot. In one video, Brown, who apparently is nude aside from the gold chains around his neck, is huddled at the edge of the pool. And guys, there is there is another tidbit in this. 
that is unbelievable and tells you how absolutely out of focus this guy is mentally, out in left field, we've got a WNBA star, the biggest basketball player in the WNBA, and I'm using, look, I understand it's relative because it's the WNBA, but their biggest star in the league is locked up in Russia right now for marijuana. So we're going to get to that. Because I think people are missing that. This is three months after Brittany Griner got arrested. So I'll get to that tidbit in a minute. He then plants both hands on the pool's deck to lift himself out of the water, sticking his butt in the air in the woman's face. He turns away, laughing off the apparent neutral zone infractions, as well as other men begin egging on Brown. What are y'all doing? Yelling, yeah, another one, A.B. Okay, in the second video, he appears to startle the woman when he tries to tie a headscarf on around her neck. She's able to snap off the scarf, which witnesses say he snatched from another swimmer. Brown then lifts the woman and tosses her head first into the water like he's spiking a football. The woman rises out of the water, wipes her eyes, and swims to the other side of the pool away from Brown. One man quips, quote, he's waterboarding her. The other one says he's giving her the longboard. My God, bunch of creeps, man. A bunch of absolute creeps. Leaning along the edge of the pool, Brown then grabs his penis, briefly yanks it out, and you hear a guy yell, Oh, my God. Two eyewitnesses told the Post that Brown continued to flaunt his private parts after the recording ended, rudely asking the woman, quote, Do you want it? The sources said the woman was visibly upset and was later spotted inside the hotel yelling and complaining to others about the incident. A rep for the hotel declined to comment refused to reveal the woman's identity. Brown was asked to leave the hotel shortly after the incident. According to a hotel staffer who requested anonymity, the hotel had also received earlier complaints from other guests about Brown's antics. The complaints included... Brown allegedly snubbing uh, UAE dress code customs by flaunting his bare chest uh, inside the hotel. And get this. And smoking what they believed smelled like marijuana in his room, which would violate the country's law. Brittany Griner is locked up in Russia right now and can't get out for smoking marijuana. He goes to another country and smokes weed. And it's against their law. Think about that a minute. Think about that. I mean, I don't know why that surprises me, because obviously this guy's got no self-awareness whatsoever. Uh, None. Zero. Zilch. There's something really deranged with this dude. He goes on to talk about the fact he was uh, going to walk Floyd Mayweather Jr. down. Of course, he has been suspended by the league before, involving sexual harassment. A Brittany Taylor personal trainer situation. He got suspended for eight games for that. Now here we are, Antonio Brown again. This is the bullet that officially ends the NFL thing, okay? It's on video. It will land a lot differently than a lot of different things. Anytime anything's on video, it changes everything. So you got the video of him acting a fool, walking off the field shirtless. That was a big strike, but look. I even think if a team got desperate enough then, they might have at least looked in his direction, glanced at him. This is a wrap. It's over. He'll never play another NFL game. I mean, think about Ray Rice. It was on camera. Ray Rice never took another NFL snap again. 
And that's considering a lot of guys had committed a lot of acts, the same as Ray Rice, but it wasn't on camera, and they played in the league again. When it's on camera, it's a wrap. It's over. There you are, Antonio Brown. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. To tell you how much craziness this guy has done, we've probably shot 40 videos on this guy in 2022 over insane antics that that this guy has done some some new story and, and this this is like the icing on the cake let me pull my junk out what are you guys doing the grown men that a woman is obviously in distress and you're doing nothing if this was the united states you would be in some trouble antonio brown right now i guarantee you legally wow absolutely nuts Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Antonio Brown does it again on camera. Again. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports 2. We got some breaking news from the world of college football, and it could be big. There's a game going on right now, big game I'm watching, between Alabama and Arkansas, and Bryce Young has been injured in the game. Uh, Looks like it's going to be a shoulder injury. I don't know what kind, but there was a grimace when he threw the ball. There is a little video to this. This is outkick. Bryce Young injured shoulder against Arkansas. Jalen Milrow enters as Alabama backup quarterback. Everything was going... This is uh, Trey Wallace over at OutKick. Everything was going extremely well for Alabama and quarterback Bryce Young. Oh, man. Everything was going extremely well for Alabama and quarterback Bryce Young in the first half until Heisman, the Heisman winner went down. In a scary scene for all Tide fans, the quarterback headed straight for the medical tent, having the country waiting on a prognosis. In the second quarter, as Bryce Young was scrambling out of bounds, he threw a ball and fell on his shoulder. Yikes. Let's take a look at this right here. Oh, right there. Okay. Man. Right there. you got to wonder. I I think of AC joint every time I see something like that. The next play, Young attempted to throw a pass and immediately grabbed at his throwing shoulder and grimaced. Let's take a look at that. Rotator cuff AC joint in that shoulder is what I think of. And look at his face right there. Yikes. Yikes. All right. You know, we don't know for sure, obviously, but uh, that's I've I've had mine hurting throw it, throwing baseballs, things like that. After Young went to the medical tent, backup Jalen Milrow, who entered the game for Alabama. Milrow is in his second season with the Tide, having passed for 127 yards and two touchdowns in short time in Tuscaloosa. The redshirt freshman from Katy, Texas, has played in three games this season for Alabama. After entering the game, Milrow has a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, along with the interception. 
This will be a massive test for Nick Saban and his coaching staff going forward if Bryce Young doesn't return. They are the number two uh, team in the country right now. According to CBS, Young was heard yelling in the medical tent after slamming his helmet on the ground. During the second quarter, Young exited the medical tent, headed straight towards the locker room, holding his throwing shoulder. Of course, all eyes are on Fayetteville and the status of Bryce Young. And his core is going to be the talk of college football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football. Uh, so, and I don't know, I hurt my AC joint one time uh, in a game, fell on my shoulder. Now, I fell on it closed, straight down like this. I got hit, did a flip around, landed down directly on the shoulder, and it was that AC joint, and it got bruised very badly. And I can tell you right now, um, I had trouble throwing like eight weeks later. I uh, really did. It took a good, like, three months for me to get better from that. Now, I'll tell you, I mean, the doctor said I I had really busted up my AC joint good. And it was a much worse hit than anything we just saw here. And we're just speculating. Could be rotator cuff. Could be, you know, a strain, whatever. Okay, and, and he, could, he could go in, be out the rest of the day, come back next week. I mean, they're up big right now. Come and, and be ready to go next week. So all of it's just speculation at this point. You know, we don't know, but it's still big news. It's it's a big injury. Uh, man, I hope he comes back. He's a talented young quarterback. Uh, kind of small, you know, far as just frame-wise. But, uh, you know, uh, Heisman winner. And, you know, they're steamrolling, trying to get another national title. And, of course, Georgia is laying in the weeds out there. Yikes. Tell me what you think, Black and White Sports 2 fans. Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. Well, I saw this and found this very interesting. By the way, shout out to the Young Turks on this. They they called me a MAGA shock jock on, on one of my Lori Lightfoot videos. They didn't like the fact that I called her a socialist radical mayor or something. Luckily for them, I could care less what their opinion of me or this subject is. But I did see that good old down vote, uh, the good old down vote ratio on that video you did that my face is on. And, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that so many black and white sports subscribers went over and, I guess, watched the video. This has been like a month ago, by the way. I mean, I really don't care. But I figured since I was talking about the subject, why not? Why not? So I really don't know what's going on here because this is NBC Chicago. And they're saying Chicago leaked news of the Bears deal to buy Arlington Heights property. Now, if you read this title right here, you would be very much under the suspicion that the city 
maybe by uh, whose direction. I don't know. I don't know who runs that city up there. Lori Lightfoot. Uh, but we don't know that. That's strictly speculation. But it would lead you to believe that uh, she got wind of the deal and that maybe the city leaked the Arlington Heights and uh, Bears uh, business dealings to maybe look make the Bears look bad. Now, keep in mind, there are numerous places out there that reported that crime has influenced this decision by the Bears. Uh, whether anybody wants to believe that or not, I really don't care. All right. Uh, so, let's get to this. As the Chicago Bears... IA move from Soldier Field to Arlington Heights. What's going on behind the scenes? Question mark. What might this move cost? Question mark. Quote. Look, Soldier Field was fun. There were some good moments there. More losing than winning. But you need to modernize. NBC Sports Chicago's David Kaplan. He says the Bears are at a crossroads. Worth more than $5 billion. The Bears are the fifth most valuable team in the NFL, according to Forbes. But Soldier Field is the smallest stadium in the league. This is fact. And their lakefront lease is up in 2033. By the way, they can get out of that. It, uh, there is a penalty, I believe, uh, but the penalty drops uh, as you get closer to 2033. Now their eyes are on a massive prize, a new multi-billion dollar home in Arlington Heights. Uh, from what I can see, and by the way, the mayor reached out to uh, 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 Jared Payton and um, to try to get his, yeah, I guess, help on the situation. Well, what what she didn't know, and from what I saw in the interview for uh, Mr. Payton, which is Walter Payton's son, was that he fully supported the Bears in moving the Bears. Okay, so that move backfired on her. And uh, she did not do her research and find out that Peyton, the Peyton family had ties to the Arlington Heights area. And they completely blew up in her face. And Peyton, in an interview with a radio station up there, completely admitted that. Quote, I think the Bears want to control everything, be able to have concerts and conventions and Final Fours and Big Ten title games. All of that, Kaplan said. In sep- September 2021, the Bears began their fifth fiftieth season at Soldier Field. That same month, they signed a hundred and ninety-seven million dollar agreement to buy three hundred and twenty-six acres that held the former Arlington International Racecourse. Through a Freedom of Information Act request, NBC Five investigates obtained messages between Arlington Heights officials and anyone with a Bears email address. The paper trail began with a letter from Mayor Thomas Hayes to George McCaskey on March 4, 2021, putting a feeler out about the team's interest in the property. He said the village was working to find a use for it. Quote, that the worthy, the worthy of the track's legacy, that is worthy of the track's legacy, excuse me, and that he hoped to discuss how they might, quote, work together to build something special there. Since that day... Their communications paint a picture of partnership, completely coordinated messaging, and a Bears president, Ted Phillips, put it, shared excitement, quote, about bringing our vision to life. Compare that to the team's relationship with the city of Chicago, which is pitching the Bears to stay, and as Phillips noted in one email, leaked news of the deal to buy Arlington Heights property before they or the suburb, Northwest suburb, had a chance to announce it. Interesting. Okay, so let's read that one more time. Compare that to the city's, the, the team's relationship with the city of Chicago. 
As Phillips noted in one email, leaked news of the deal to buy the Arlington Heights property before they or the Northwest suburb had a chance to announce it. So I guess Ted Phillips is saying here, I guess in an email, that the city of Chicago did leak the news of the negotiation. Now, that's, that's just what I'm taking from this. I could be reading it wrong. But as Phillips told the Arlington Heights mayor one month prior, the Bears were prepared for, even anticipated, that possibility. Oh, they were playing chess while the, uh, the city of Chicago was playing checkers. Imagine that, under Lightfoot's direction. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office did not respond to requests for comment on the leak or the move. Interesting. The Bears have said that while they are under contract to buy the land, they will not explore any alternative stadium sites, including the option of staying where they are. Quote, I think the city underestimated the Bears, Kaplan said. And then when you when they come out and give you that statement, a statement that we are not even looking at anything about Soldier Field, the only thing we're looking at is that plan. It tells you where their head is. So the Bears... Bears have been pretty vocal about this, that they've sort of moved on from Soldier Field, that there was nothing that they that, that Lori Lightfoot could do to save it. Um, you know, Lori Lightfoot put a counterproposal together. She even come out and acted like there might be a chance that, you know, another NFL team might want to come into Chicago. Uh, I just can't see that, considering how many corporate entities are actually moving out of Chicago blatantly because of crime. Um, I mean, look, McDonald's come out. She's feuding with the CEO right now because uh, he's got employees that don't want to come to the corporate headquarters right now. Okay, so that is all a thing, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. Um, the emails revealed that the Bears asked Arlington Heights officials to notify them of any public records request, just like the one filed by NBC5 Investigates, indicating that the team is eyeballing all questions about the potential development very closely. Records also show Arlington Heights officials have organized stakeholder meetings for the Bears with chambers of, of commerce, school districts, and surrounding suburbs like Schlomberg, uh, Palatine, and Elk Grove Village, among others. When reached by phone Thursday, Hayes said that those meetings were to provide stakeholders with an opportunity to look at preliminary plans before they were publicly released to include those organizations and communities in the process and to address any preliminary concerns they may have had. The Bears have pitched the move as a win for everyone, saying the development will generate $1.4 billion in annual economic impact, including $51 million in tax revenue for Illinois each year. When reached for comment, a spokesperson for the Bears declined to share more specifics on the methodology and how they reached those projections. Hayes said the team has also not shared the information with the village, which plans to do its own analysis on potential developments of economic impact. But University of Chicago professor Alan Sanderson, an expert in sports economics, cast doubt on the Bears' figures. Quote, taking estimate, a team or chambers of commerce gives you at as to how much this is going to be worth, take whatever that number is, move a decibel point to the left, and you're probably pretty close. So he's saying the numbers are not right. Sanderson was part of Chicago's working group to revitalize the museum campus. He said no matter where you put them, stadiums carry a lot of risk, 
and little financial upside. Quote, the two things you don't want to build build on a valuable piece of real estate or cemetery and a football stadium, he continued. Those two things are just economic losers. Sanders, really? Because do you really believe that Jones Mahal up in Dallas is going to be a big economic loser? Or that SoFi Stadium is going to be a big economic loser with all of the different events they're going to be hosting over the years? I'm not so sure about that logic. I'm not. I mean, somehow, some way, I bet Jerry Jones is going to come out okay on the Jones Mahal. I just believe that. Sanderson said part of the reason that is that football stadiums have a low occupancy rate and they are vying against one another to host a limited number of events. Well, if there's a lot of stadiums of that ilk in the same area, maybe. But mm, I don't know about that. There's only going to be approximately one Super Bowl a year, and there's only approximately going to be one NC2A championship. It's not like the NC2A is going to play twice as many games just because you got another stadium. Yeah, but there's things like concerts, you know, events. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go in go into a stadium. So I'm not sure I I'm not sure I follow the logic there. I mean, you could probably go to the Jones Mahal. I mean, Jerry puts 5A football games in there, high school football games, and it pays off for him. Another challenge, the way the fans engage with the game has changed as technology has improved. He goes on to talk about things like televisions and homes. The Raiders uh, new stadium in Las Vegas costs roughly 2 billion, which while the Rams stadium costs $5 billion, experts estimate. The Bears say they won't ask for tax dollars to build the stadium itself, but they do want public funding for infrastructure and other parts of development. Yeah, but what happens is the, the rest of the area also is going to get some financial benefit. Both the mayor of Arlington Heights and the Bears said that when it comes to how much public funding the team will seek, they have not discussed any numbers, and they don't plan on doing so until after the Bears close on the property which could happen by the end of this year or early 2023. Quote, certainly our residents are concerned. You know my village board is concerned and myself in terms of what our financial commitment might be to development of this property, Hayes said. Quote, our ultimate goal is to make sure that it's a win-win for both the Bears and the village of Arlington Heights. So, you know, we're going to do anything that's going to bank... We're not going to do anything that's going to bankrupt our village or residents. This comes. This all comes as taxpayers are still paying off their portion of Soldier Field's more than six hundred million dollars renovations several years ago. Look, I don't think Mayor Lori Lightfoot had any chance of keeping them. Kaplan said, "I don't either." I mean, look, I just think there was too much going on here. Um, crime is part of it, but I think crime is only a fraction of it. Okay, I just think economics was not going to work in Lightfoot's favor. And they were looking to move to a different area, plain and simple. I mean, I do think that's a fact. Um, I, think they're, I think they're looking around at things like the Jones Mahal and, and things that's going on in L.A. and things like the draft being hosted and all that in different areas. And um, I think it's a shrewd move by the Bears uh, business-wise. I just do. It's not her fault. It's business, man. Oh, it's not ever her fault. It is not, on the, not for the faint of heart and for the Bears to make a tremendous business move. They should take their franchise to the next level. Now will they win games because of it? It's remained to be seen. And, yeah, we don't know that. I mean, the Raiders got a brand-new stadium. They're 0-3 right now. I mean, one doesn't have a lot to do with the other, although, like, 
it can cause an owner to get motivated to put a winner on the field, okay? So, in other words, let's just say for hypothetically speaking, Justin Fields doesn't work out. If you know you've got a new stadium coming up, you're going to want to try to field a winner like the L.A. Rams are doing. So, the L.A. Rams have went balls out, and you see what that team looks like. So, it can it can have an impact on the field, at least with talent, and how an owner wants to acquire talent and the motivation there. Also, even though the Raiders are 0-3, they did go out and get Devontae Adams, right? Uh, so, I mean, you get the point. At least, even that team's trying to put more talent on the field. Part of that is that Death Star the Raiders play in. That is a good-looking stadium, by the way. It truly is. Uh, so, uh, anyway, there we go. That's the latest update. They're saying, if you want to read it... Uh, Depending on how you want to read it, it sure feels like they're saying the city got wind of it. The city leaked it out to the public, I guess, to, to gauge perception or get get the public to turn on the bears. Did you really think that was going to happen? Because I just don't, I don't think it was going to. I don't think it was going to. So, anyway, there you go. Oh, yeah. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. My dogs were acting a damn donkey in this video. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, we have breaking news from Indonesia. Now, I was just stunned when I actually saw this, guys. We don't do a whole lot of soccer here on this channel. But, folks, somewhere around 129 people are dead at least. You can see right here on ESPN, Indonesian soccer match ride stampede leaves more than 120 dead. Now, apparently, what happened was the game ended and this was a uh, a heated robbery. And then... Fights broke out. Police actually used tear gas. And then there was a stampede. And now at least 120 people are dead. It says here, and I'm going to butcher some of these names here. Uh, panic at an Indonesian soccer match after police fired tear gas to stop brawls left 129 dead. Mostly trampled to death, police said Sunday. Several fights between supporters of the two rival Soccer teams were reported inside uh, the stadium in East Java's province, uh, Malang City, after the Indonesian Premier League game ended uh, with Persabaya, Surabaya beating Arma Malang, Malang 3-2. The brawls that broke out just after the game ended late Saturday prompted riot police to fire tear gas which caused panic among supporters, said East, East Java Police Chief Nico Afenta. Hundreds of people ran to an exit gate in an effort to avoid the tear gas. Some suffocated in the chaos and others were trampled, killing 34 almost instantly. That is insane. More than 300 were rushed to nearby hospitals to treat injuries, but many died on the way and doing treatment. 
Um, Avanti said, he said the death toll is still likely increasing since many of about 180 injured victims conditions were deteriorating. Uh, the Indonesian top league BRI Liga one has suspended games for a week following the match and an investigation had been launched. The football association of Indonesia said there have been previous outbreaks of trouble at matches in Indonesia with a strong rivalry between clubs, sometimes leading to violence among supporters. Wow. This is just mind boggling guys. I mean, that many people dying, that many people actually, you know, people fighting over this and then the police shooting the tear gas. And now 129 people are dead and increasing. This is just crazy, guys. This is really, really crazy right here. That people are dying. Because of a soccer match. I mean, fans go to stadiums and watch sports to be entertained Man, this is crazy. This definitely should not be happening. That's all I got to say about this. I just wanted to give you guys an update on this. This is just bananas right here. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. All right, guys, it's been a while since we've actually talked about the jab here on this channel. Um, For the most part, I believe for most people, people are getting back to normal. People are actually starting to actually go to work, driving to work and, uh, Working office like things before the pandemic. Now, when it comes to the virus shots, there's a lot of controversy at first on um, to get the jab or not to get the jab. Now, we believe here on this channel, if you want to get it, you know, that's perfectly OK. When Donald Trump was actually in office, the jabs were actually starting to roll out. The people on the left were saying, no, not going to get the jab. Kamala Harris actually went on camera, said Nope, not getting a jab. Then all of a sudden, Joe Biden gets in office and then uh, the left is pushing a jab like crazy. There's been many people out there, folks, that lost their jobs because they didn't want to get the jab. People of the military lost their jobs, discharged from the military because they refused to get the jab. And before on YouTube, you couldn't even say that um, if you got the jab. You can actually still spread the virus. YouTube wouldn't allow that. But now they allow that because if you get the jab, you can still get and spread the virus. It's just that simple, guys. Now, we got some news here on um, whether or not if people are actually going to get the jab. And it seems like, folks, people really don't care about getting the boosters. Here we go. Fox News. Two thirds of U.S. adults do not plan on getting COVID boosters. People have just, it seems, flat out rejected getting the booster shots. Now, I don't know exactly why. Maybe they actually saw when um the first two shots actually came out, people were still getting the virus, the virus still spreading, and maybe they were thinking, you know what? 
I'm not even going to bother getting this. If I get if I actually get the virus, I get the virus. So be it. The common cold does not have a shot to take. Now, the flu does. But however, the flu mutates and they update the shots every single year. And I don't exactly know how many people actually get their flu shots. I mean, that data is out there, I'm assuming, but um, nobody really pushes it. But when it comes to the jabs, Joe Biden, Dr. Fauci, hey, get your jabs. Now, when the jabs first came out, they're like, all right, two shots, that's it. Then it became three. Then it became four. Maybe people were starting to say, when will this actually end? Newsflash, folks, is never going to end. This virus is here to stay, just like the flu. It says here about two thirds of adults in the United States are not planning to get the updated COVID-19 booster shots soon. According to a survey conducted by the Kaiser Family Foundation, a health policy nonprofit organization, only a third of adults polled say they either already received the updated shots or plan to get the booster um, as soon as possible. The poll found about 18 percent say they will wait and see whether they would get the new booster shot, while 10% said uh, they would only get it if it was required. About 12% of adults surveyed said said they would definitely now get the shot, while 27% said they were not eligible because they were not fully vaccinated. So to even get the, um, the boosters now, you actually have to have the original shots, and the original shots weren't really designed for Omicron because at the time uh, Omicron didn't exist. It was mainly geared towards, I I believe like the alpha and the uh, beta variant of the virus. Now I believe one of the reasons why people are probably not getting the booster is because they have seen what Omicron has done. And I just recently had Omicron like a, um, like a month ago and it felt like a mild cold. Now, of course, you know, it's going to be different for everybody, but everybody that that I actually know that actually caught Omicron, uh, for the most part, they really just had a cough and that was it. Now, still overall, folks, the death rate with um, the virus is still the same as like the flu. It's like one percent or less. And maybe a whole bunch of people already um, gotten the virus already. And they're thinking, you know what? This thing probably. Wasn't that bad? So maybe I don't I don't need the shot like me myself. I caught the virus a month ago, so I have my natural immunity and I'm set for a while. And I do believe that natural immunity is definitely going to be better than the shots. It says here about seven point six million people received the updated shots over the first four weeks. The boosters have been available, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, data released on Thursday that represents about 3.5 percent of the 215.5 million people in the United States age 12 or older who are eligible to receive the shots because they have completed their primary vaccination series. So people are just flat out rejecting this. Boy, I wonder what uh, Dr. Fauci and uh, Joe Biden are actually going to be saying about this. I really am. I mean, when you have 67 percent of people are saying, no, nah, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting a shot. 
Now, this updated shot now is supposed to be geared towards Omicron. Um, how effective is it at actually um, combating Omicron? Not really sure. Now, I mentioned before, guys, that the flu, the flu has been around forever. And the flu vaccine has been around forever. Now, the flu vaccine is only um, like 50 percent effective. And I believe I was actually looking at some other data where the flu shot now is actually even less effective. So a lot of people get the flu this time of the year is a cold and flu season. Also COVID season, because um, it was in the fall when um, Omicron just took over. And there's quite a few people that got it. Now, before Omicron, I didn't know a whole bunch of people that actually uh, caught the virus. Uh, Rhodes uh, caught it, um, uh, I believe, like last August when Delta was still around. It wasn't until Omicron came where I started hearing a a bunch of people actually catching it. So now, guys, a lot of people have been exposed to it. And they're thinking, you know what? I recovered. I was fine. For me, it was just a very, very mild cold. I was stuffy for about uh stuffy nose about three days. I didn't have a sore throat. My wife had a sore throat when she got it like a week le- week later for me. But I was like, man, this is it. Now, the fatigue was the worst part for me. I felt fatigued. Um, I don't know if you guys actually noticed. I was still recording videos, but I recorded like two videos a day across all the channels because um, I was just really, really tired. That was like the worst symptom that I actually did have. And like a week after the symptoms started, I was 100 percent. So that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. People are not going out and getting their boosters. It's up to them. I don't believe that anybody should be forced to uh, get a jab. Uh, Jab mandates um, are legal. And um, if anybody has lost their job because of a, a mandate, they should actually look at um, filing a lawsuit against their company for firing them, if you ask me. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time. Matrix Roadshow fans, we are back with another video and a little bit, probably over six months to a year ago. Uh, the first images of uh, the interview with the Vampire series on AMC Plus actually came out. Now, I'm a bit fan of the books. I've read the books. Interviewed the vampires. Great. My favorite book is actually the Vampire Lestat. I came out and I said, man. This does not look like interview with the vampire. I mean, they did a lot of race swapping, that kind of thing. The time period is different. But I did say, guys, that I would actually put up a review on the show. Now, I have a seven day free trial with AMC Plus, and I wanted to actually check out the show. Now, the reviews that came out on uh, videos on YouTube, people were saying it's really, really good. So I got up this morning. And I watched the first two episodes that I actually put up on um, AMC Plus. And I'm going to give you my honest opinion about it. Was I wrong to actually criticize this show?
Guys, I got to say, I got to be honest. The first two episodes are really, really good. Really good. Yes, they changed a lot of stuff. Now, when it comes to Daniel Malloy, I said that, man, he is way too old. Way too old. But they addressed that. The interview that actually takes place in this show is a second interview, like 50 years apart. The interview, original interview took place in 1973 with a young Daniel Malloy. But in this show, Louis sends him a, a letter and wants to meet again. And I guess kind of tell the true story. Now, if you guys read the books, the second book, The Vampire Lestat, Lestat accuses Louis of um, writing a bunch of lies. And maybe that's what uh, Louis wanted to clarify in this second interview. Now, in the books, the second interview does not happen. Trust me, folks, there's a lot of differences when it comes to this TV show versus the books. But the directing, the acting is really, really good in this show. Will I consider it my canon? No, I will not. The 1994 movie is much more faithful to the books than this. However, the show does touch on one bit thing that the movie never did touch on. And it's actually um, Louis's relationship with his brother, Paul. Paul de Point de Lac. Now, if you read the book, folks, you know that um, Paul and Louis uh, get into an argument and Paul ends up falling to his death. Now, they really do expand on this because um, his brother Paul in the book is kind of strange. He's deeply, deeply religious. And they actually do show his death in this. However, it didn't go down like it actually did in the book. Now, newsflash, there's actually going to be minor spoilers. There wasn't an argument between the two, like in the book. And Paul does fall to his death. And Louis's mother uh, blames Louis. And then that's when um, he actually goes to Lestat and changes into a vampire. Now, like I said, it's not a faithful interpretation of the book whatsoever, because in the book, uh, Louis really did not know Lestat. And in the show, they have like this long, drawn out uh, friendship at the beginning. And I don't know how exactly how long it's actually been going on. So they really kind of expanded that right there. They really, really did. Uh, time period still different. But if you didn't read the book, you would probably really, really love the show so far. You would. And of course, you know, you can do a lot of things. But um, if you did read the book, there's a, quite a few Easter eggs and really like the first three books. Because they touch into some other stuff in um, the Vampire Lestat mainly. Uh, Marius. Now, Marius was like a mentor to Lestat. His name is mentioned in the first two episodes. And um, also. Lestat. Sam Reed does such a great job as Lestat. My concern was never really with him. He has to look. 
Uh, also, they have them um, speaking French. I do like that as well. But if you read the uh, the Vampire Lestat and, you know, his bat story, Lestat wanted to be a priest. In addition to being an actor, then they don't actually touch on him being an actor, but his um, relationship with God is touched up on this. It was. Uh, so that's like an Easter egg for people that actually did read the books. So there, there's definitely some things that they're faithful to when it comes to um, not not necessarily the time period. A lot of race swapping and stuff like that. But if you read the book, you'll you'll catch on. You say, man, that was in the book. Also, there is direct direct quotes from the book and some direct quotes from the 1994 movie as well. Now, Anne Rice was involved in this um, show, but she did pass away. While this show was actually um, finishing up and they list her as an executive producer here. Now, there's a lot of blood. There is a lot of blood. I mean. The vampires in this one are probably much more sloppier than um than what's actually in the book and in the uh, 1994 movie. Now, one other thing that they did touch on, I didn't think they would actually do this. When Louis actually does change into a vampire, which is way different than the book. And Rice actually writes about what the vampires are actually going through. They kind of address that right there. Because when Louis turns, he just doesn't automatically uh, change and become a vampire. The body goes through these withdrawals. And they actually show that in there. So Louis kind of struggling. I guess in a way, in the 1994 movie, they kind of touched on it, but it was so fast. This is a little bit more drawn out a few minutes. So. I was right about the show so far, but also I was wrong at the same time. Very, very different interpretation of it here. And by the way, people are actually asking about um, Point du Lac, the plantation. Guess what? It did happen. Louis family did own the plantation, but what they did was since they moved this up to the 19, 1910, they said that his, um, his father or his grandfather ran the plantation into the ground, almost uh, bankrupt. So, and Ray Don Chong, you know, from um, Commando, she actually plays uh, Louis' mother in this. Um, I haven't seen her in too many things, but um, she's an old lady in this one. And I look closely, I was like, that's Ray Don Chong. So, uh, just for anybody in case um, they're fans of uh, Commando like I am, of course. But I got to admit, Show's pretty good. Now, one thing, some things I didn't like about it. In the uh, modern time period, they put the pandemic in it. I didn't like that. I didn't like that they put the pandemic in it. Also, the interview does not take place in San Francisco. The second one anyway. The original one did. And Louis has all of these servants that are humans walking around. Definitely not like that in the book at all. It seems like there's a whole lot more humans that actually know that vampires exist than what's actually in the books. The vampires are pretty discreet about that. So, but other than that, guys, first episode, first two episodes, pretty good. I'll end up putting up 
putting up a review on uh, episode three when it comes out uh, next week. But if you have you seen it, were you critical of the, all the race swapping and the uh, time period changing? I get that. This is not a this is not close to being faithful to the book. But it is a good show. And I think that people that have not read the books will enjoy this probably a lot more. See, I can nitpick stuff because I've read the books uh, back and forth. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Make sure to Roadshow fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we will catch you next time. guys we're going to be talking about joe biden's affirmative action hire and you're probably wondering which one well if you look at the title and thumbnail you can guess i'm actually talking about um kamala harris not uh corinne john pierre now kamala harris no doubt was a social justice hire i believe that joe biden or his handlers actually chose her pretty much for one reason she's a quote-unquote black woman even though She's mostly Indian. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's the only qualifications, just like uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, said that um, only qualifications was that she was black and that she was a lesbian. That was it. Both of them are terrible at their job. Now, Kamala Harris is supposed to be the czar of the border and she has done nothing. She has never went to the border. She has no plans to go to the border. The policy is leave the border open, nothing more. And also, guys, unfortunately, a massive hurricane also hit um, the state of Florida. And um, Kamala Harris made a statement that seems like it's pretty much out of Jim Crow. Here we go. Kamala Harris blasted for pushing racist policy in response to hurricane damage. Now. The hurricane does not discriminate on your color, your race, your political ideology. Doesn't care. I mean, I've been through many, many hurricanes. White people are affected just as much as black people. But what Kamala Harris said, if a white person actually said this, that we're going to take care of uh, white people first, that person would be deemed a racist. But since this is Kamala Harris, you know, the social justice hire. Uh, leftists are not calling out on this at all. Listen to this, guys. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. Wow. That is Marxist ideology, folks. Now, Kamala Harris is definitely more left than uh, Joe Biden. She is. She's talking about equity 
and she's talking about basically um uh poor black people you we're going to help you first you white people you're on your own that is not the way it's supposed to be but this is not surprising man coming from a democrat and democrats have a long long history of racism this woman is terrible terrible i remember when um she was actually running for um president it actually may have been when she became uh, Joe Biden's running mate. She put up a um, a video and it was just pure communism, just flat out communism talking about, hey, we're going to take from um, the, the rich people and give it to the poor. That's not the way it's supposed to work in this country. That is definitely Marxism. Kamala Harris is terrible. Absolutely terrible. So now it's going to lead us to another person We're going to be talking about Bill Maher. He has been coming out. He has been hammering the left. Now, he's a left guy. He's a liberal. But he even sees how crazy the left is. And guess what, folks? He is not a Kamala Harris fan. I'm pretty sure that what leftists are actually going to be crushing uh, Bill Maher for saying this. Bill Maher says Kamala, not Biden, should be ditched to save Democrats in 2024. But Jolt's party is now so woke, it'll pick a deaf Eskimo uh, to replace her. Yeah, as you guys know, um, when it comes to 2024, the vast majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run in 2024. But when it comes to job approval rating, the only person that's less popular than Joe Biden is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is hated. She is hated. She's hated by the people in her own state of California. I mean, she is trash. And I'm pretty sure the people on The View are going to be coming after Bill Maher. He's going to be called the racist and all this other stuff. And I don't even agree with Bill Maher on this. I mean, Kamala, Joe Biden. Yeah, she's more left than Joe Biden. But Joe Biden doesn't even know where he's at. Joe Biden shouldn't be running. Kamala Harris shouldn't be running. They're terrible. But, um. Let's go ahead and play this clip right here, and you'll hear uh, Bill Maher. Quit. He's not giving right. up. Oh, and, he's and, not a quitter. His whole life he's, he's never it's been a quitter. It's very hard to take the nomination away from the, the president. Yeah, that's you not going to happen. Uh, a sitting yeah. president. And what I could see is replacing the vice president because, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's not very popular Hasn't anywhere, and <laughs> it didn't seem to work out. And um, I don't know. That's been done before on a ticket, you know. I mean, a lot well, of people. Tulsi would... Gabbard, remember that was that moment in the debate where she brought up these that there are uh, men and women in California that are in prison for these, you know, pot deals. And then she was laughing about getting high on the radio station, and it was just like Tulsi Gabbard was like this heat-seeking missile. That was the end of it. You know, she's got a lot of, in addition to being, for some reason, um, an off-putting person. She she also has, I think, a lot of baggage that probably wouldn't do well under a lot of scrutiny. I just think she's a bad politician. And I don't I mean, I don't, I don't think I think she's a very bright person. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Just see, but I can see them doing that because a lot of the problem with Biden being old is, oh, if he dies, then, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to get this person. OK, so here's the problem with the Democratic Party. They're so boxed in by identity politics that you cannot conceive of a Democratic ticket that doesn't have a woman 
person of color on it, and pretty soon you're going to line up behind that gay Latino, and you're going to have to have, you know, a, a deaf Eskimo be, uh, <laughs> be the... Yeah, so that's what Bill Maher had to say. And you know what? He's probably right about 2024. I mean, the, the Democrats have become so woke, it actually may end up having to be a trans person of color to actually be the nominee for the Democrats. And of course, they're going to get crushed by this. But Bill Maher wants uh, Kamala Harris drop. I'm not I don't believe he's necessarily saying that Joe Biden should run in 2024. But um, if he had to choose, they should actually drop Kamala over Biden. They're both just so bad, man. They, they both is just so horrible, so horrible. Kamala Harris is a joke. I already said that Joe Biden is probably the worst occupier of the old office of all time. Kamala Harris may be the she actually may be the worst number two of all time. She just may be. Man, that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, we need to talk about the Tua Tonga Valoa situation yet again. You guys saw what happened on Thursday night. Man, that was just horrific. I can't recall actually seeing something like that in an NFL game in a very, very long time when his. Fingers just kind of locked up. That was scary. I was actually really, really scared for Tua's life. Not his football career, for his life. But um, thank God, guys, um, he was actually treated, treated at the hospital. He was released and everything looks normal right now. I have no idea when he's actually going to return to the field. Tua's career really could be in jeopardy, folks. I mean, this man is very, very fragile, even at Alabama. He suffered through injuries. He's not a very big guy. I wish him all the best, guys. But really, what we're going to be talking about here is what actually happened on Sunday. Because four days prior, Tua went down and it actually looked like a concussion. And then four days later, he's playing on Thursday Night Football. And then he actually goes down with that horrific head and neck injury. And the NFLPA... They were extremely pissed off. Players were pissed off about this. And guys, I guess we we should have figured that our heads would roll. I mean, D. Smith, the um, and the NFLPA talking about legal action. This is how bad it is, guys. Well, the NFLPA now has come out and they have laid the hammer down on the doctor that originally um treated uh Tua in the Sunday game. Not talking about the Thursday game, folks, because uh that doctor. He's in trouble, guys. He's in trouble right now with the NFL, and he may not ever return again. Look at this. NFLPA terminates contract of unaffiliated neuroconsultant who examined Tua Tonga-Valoa. Questions still remain. Now, this uh, neurosurgeon is not affiliated with the Dolphins, and he's he's an independent guy, in other words, because um, 
when it comes to doctors, teams do have their own doctors, but um, we know that um, there could actually be some bias towards that team. I mean, players never want to come out the game. Even uh, players that actually uh, get concussed, they're going to say, hey, I'm okay." I remember, I believe it was the New England Super Bowl. Julian Edelman, he got rocked. Everybody thought he actually had a concussion. He never came out the game, but clearly it looked like he was concussed, but he stayed in the game. You can't trust the team doctors to be um, to make good decisions like that because uh, the players want to stay in the game. But anyway, it says here the extremely concerning injury to Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavaloa has created significant questions regarding the Dolphins conduct and whether proper protocols were followed. The NFL Players Association announced they be immediately launching an investigation into the team's handling of Tongvaloa. While those results are pending, on Saturday, the union made a big move by terminating their contract with the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, UNC, who examined him during the Bills-Dolphins game in week three. Now, from what I actually understand here, the the NFLPA can do this without consulting the NFL, and the NFL can actually do the same thing as well. Now, we don't know the name of this doctor, but he's fired. He's done. According to reports, the move came after the NFLPA discovered several mistakes by the UNC that could have led to Tangavalua being cleared. The team's decision making making was already under scrutiny after Tongavaloa suffered what appeared to be a head injury against Buffalo, but was allowed to come back into the game. Now, look at this, guys. This is just a refresher on what actually happened here on Sunday. And something's clearly not right. Of course, they said it was like a back injury or something. But look at him. And he's about to go down right there. And this man was cleared. Clearly, it looks like a head injury to me. It does. But he was actually allowed back in the game. This UNC checked him out. And um, man, Tua goes down in uh, Thursday's game. He's carted off the field. Wow. So um, it says here so far, only the NFLPA has claimed that mistakes were made by the UNC. If neither the NFL or the Dolphins have uncovered mistakes that might have been made, it raises questions as to why only the NFLPA has learned about them. The union could be looking for beneficial evidence in potential action against the league or the team, or it could be an entirely justified separation based on poor judgment by the consultant. Yeah, because... Legal, a legal case could actually be coming from this. We already talked about that. The NFLPA is pissed off. And if it actually has to go to court, they can say, hey, we fired the guy. He made mistakes. And um, it actually could um, go from there. Um, there's a zero non-zero chance that the NFLPA wants to be seen as doing something, uh, taking action to mollify concerns from other players. Now, the NFLPA is supposed to be looking out for the players and the players are like, man, this is wrong. He shouldn't have been uh, cleared. He shouldn't have been back on the field. So the NFLPA obviously has to um, protect the players. 
Now, I know a lot of fans also are very upset as well. A lot of fans said there's no way in the world Tua should have actually been playing in this game on Thursday based on what happened on Sunday. It could only get worse. Now, did that injury he suffered on Sunday actually have an effect on him actually getting concussed and having a neck injury on Thursday? It could be. Could be, but I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to say for certain. But I do believe he had a a head injury on Sunday. I really do. And there's no way you can actually recover from that in four days. And this man played four days later. This really, really does sound insane. I don't believe the man should have ever been on the field. So this is just the first domino, guys. The independent doctor is now fired by the NFLPA. What do you guys think of this? Do you guys agree with the NFLPA in firing this doctor? Don't know his name. Um, he'll never work for an NFL, the NFL again, I believe. I believe it's done. Uh, man, I'm hoping the two is going to be all right in the long term. And I don't see him playing probably for at least a month, but I'm not really sure. Everything is good right now, but there's no way I believe he's actually going to be playing Um 10 days from uh, Thursday, which will be the Dolphins next game. I just don't see how you can actually put him out there on the field. I really, really don't. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Wow, guys, if you went back uh, 10, 15 years ago, I'm pretty sure that nobody on either side of the political spectrum believes that a man, a biological man, can actually get pregnant. Nobody would actually believe that. However, the left has went completely insane and they're pushing this agenda that men can get pregnant. Now, for the most part, when they say that men can get pregnant, they're talking about, quote unquote, trans men, which are actually biological women. And uh, this is the narrative that they're pushing out there. They're pushing this to our young kids. Man, we're going to destroy ourselves if we keep pushing this woke ideology. And now, guys, you got a woke Houston doctor. He's actually a Planned Parenthood doctor. Uh, which actually no longer exists here in Texas. This man actually believes that biological men can get pregnant. Yeah, guys, you guys better watch um, and pay attention on choosing your doctors. I mean, this man will probably get you killed if you actually have this man as your doctor. There's a clip out here, guys. We're going to watch it. This so-called doctor, Dr. Kumar, said the most blasphemous thing I've ever heard. I believe that there's five year olds that won't believe what he said when talking about men getting pregnant. Men cannot get pregnant. Let's go ahead and roll this clip, guys. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. So listen to listening to just that part right there. Men can get pregnant, especially trans men. So he's saying that both can actually get pregnant. 
This is just a flat out lie. Biological men cannot get pregnant. Let's move on. Uh, so, so can biological men become pregnant and give birth? So are you saying that a biological female who identifies as a man and therefore becomes pregnant is, quote, a man? Is that what you're saying? These questions about who can become pregnant are really missing the point. I'm here to talk no, about no, no, what's no, no, happening no. in I, Texas. I, this is me Somebody, asking a question and you question. answering. I'm so, asking the question, sir, not you. Right, and I'm answering the question. Somebody with a uterus may have a capability of becoming pregnant. whether You notice he didn't say a woman. He said somebody with a uterus. No, women have uteruses, not men. They're a woman or a man. That doesn't make Okay, we're done. Not we're every done. person with this a uterus isn't complicated. has the ability Let to Let me tell pregnant. you, if a person has this a uterus medicine. and is born, as a, is born female, they are a woman. That is not a man, and the vast majority of the world considers that to be a woman because Fats. there are biological differences between men and women. Fats. I mean, clearly, any high school biology class teaches that men and women have different chromosomes. Females are XX chromosome and male are XY chromosome. Can't believe it's necessary to say this, but men cannot get pregnant and cannot get birth, give birth, regardless of how they identify themselves. Yeah. Yeah, he's right about that. This is the problem with the woke folks. They don't believe in science. You know, the, the, the leftists, the Democrats, they say, hey, listen to the science. No, they go, go off of emotion. This woke doctor here is a fraud. A complete fraud. Men cannot get pregnant. And it is not bigoted of me to actually say that. They can't. We're biologically just different. But this is the kind of stuff they want to push on kids. This is why they're going after your kids, folks. You get them at a young age and um, you indoctrinate them into this. And then when they're adults, they actually start uh, spreading this uh, woke garbage out there. And then it becomes a fact in the future. We know that's not the case. Men will never, ever be able to have babies. Women identifying as men, which I think is kind of crazy. They can actually get pregnant because why? Because they're actually women. No matter how they actually identify themselves, they are women. They're biological women. They're just calling themselves men. I guess it makes them feel good. And that's pretty much it. But when you have medical professionals out there pushing this ideology out there, this is just very, very dangerous stuff, folks. I mean, this man should actually end up losing his uh, medical license just for saying this kind of stuff, because this is just crazy. This is crazy, guys. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans, man. Boy, we have fallen so, so much. Imagine a doctor saying this 10, 15, 20 years ago. Everybody would have thought he was nuts, whether you were on the left or the right. But this just tells you how crazy the left has become. Anyway, guys, let's know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time.